Hello and welcome to this audio blog. My name is Angelica and today we have a relationship topic. The topic is apologizing. So here's a scene for you that lots of parents can probably relate to. Sue is at the stove, she's making dinner and she hears her tired kids arguing and as she turns to tell her children to get ready for dinner, she sees her six-year-old son Adam ripping a Barbie doll's head off while his four-year-old sister stares at him with horror. And Adam is watching his sister and he seems to take pleasure in her response. Sue has an instant reaction. She's shocked and disgusted. And before she's aware of how she feels and why she was triggered into those feelings of shock, she blurts out to Adam, You're horrible. That was just mean and malicious. How can you do such an awful thing? Don't you care about your sister's feelings at all? You need to apologize to your sister right now. And as parents, we have all experienced that. We've experienced getting triggered and responding from that triggered place and not realizing what we have said to our child until afterwards. So this is not about judging Sue but having some compassion um, with her as a parent as well. But let's take a look at what the problem is with Sue saying to Adam, you're horrible and how can you do such an awful thing? Sue has, without realizing it, shamed Adam. Adam hears that there's something inherently wrong with him, that he's horrible, mean, malicious, and he's also asked to apologize while he's in this place of deep shame. So now let's fast forward 20 years. Adam and his girlfriend Sarah are having a fight. Sarah's choir had their first performance and Adam completely forgot. He stayed late at the office to work and then he went out for a drink with his colleagues afterwards and his seat in the theater stayed empty. And Sarah is understandably upset. And she says to him, how could you forget? Don't you care about my life and my feelings at all? You are horrible. And guess what happens? Adam's shame is triggered again. He doesn't say anything. And when his girlfriend pushes even more and, and she says, you should apologize, Adam gets really defensive. And what he doesn't do is take responsibility for his mistake and apologize. And why is that? Because apologies are almost impossible when we're stuck in a place of shame. Being able to say, I am sorry, requires a really solid foundation of self-worth. We need to feel that we are fundamental, fundamentally lovable, even if our behavior in a situation has caused somebody else pain. And Adam has learned that he's fundamentally flawed. Criticism and the anger of a loved one trigger self-loathing in him. He feels like he's a six-year-old again, being told that he's horrible. And this is not at all about blaming his mother. And there were probably other incidents that manifested this experience for him. And as parents, we all make mistakes. But this is about understanding what might be going on with somebody who has trouble apologizing. 
Because only when we have a solid basis of self-esteem can we take responsibility for a mistake and for the effects our words or our actions had on another person. Now, the conflict between Sarah and Adam continues. Sarah is hurt and upset, and Adam feels not good enough. So the next thing he does in an attempt to stop that whole uncomfortable confrontation is he says, I'm sorry, in pretty much that irritated voice. So that's not a true, honest, successful apology. It comes with a meta message that Sarah's feelings are silly and annoying. And he even adds, you could have reminded me again yesterday that the performance was tonight. So he essentially blames her. And then the conflict continues and a little later in the conversation, he says to her, I'm sorry, but you are overreacting. It's not as if you had a solo performance. So the more Sarah pushes for an apology, the more defensive he gets because of the deep shame he feels. He's unable to validate her feelings and take responsibility for his absence with an authentic and heartfelt apology. So how does an effective and honest apology look? Number one, it's never too late to apologize. If we apologize within the first minutes after an event, the repair is much easier. Did you know that when we can repair very quickly, the experience does not even pass from our short-term memory into our long-term memory? Stan Tetkin, who is a couples therapist, points that out and makes a point of asking partners to make repairs really quickly. Because on the other hand, if a repair does not occur quickly, the behavior is regarded by the injured party as a trait of their partner, and it will be encoded in their memory as such. However, having said that, Adam can still apologize when he has calmed down and has taken a moment to put himself in Sarah's shoes. Going back to the conversation at a later point means, though, in this case, a double apology is required. First of all, a heartfelt, I am really sorry that I wasn't at your choir performance, as I had promised, and then he needs to follow up with something like, I'm sorry, I felt too ashamed to apologize properly right afterwards or right away. Number two, apologizing requires listening and understanding. So the willingness to sit with Sarah's disappointment and to validate her feelings is required from Adam. To validate her feelings, he could say something like, um, you must have been so disappointed and um, I understand why you felt like I didn't care I'm sorry you felt abandoned and so on so really listening to what she feels and validating it for her number three apologizing means taking responsibility for one's part in the situation so Adam needs to look into Sarah's eyes and show her through his body language his tone of voice and his words that he's sorry for forgetting something like an authentic I know I really screwed up or something similar shows that he's not trying to pass the blame 
and there is no excuse. And we often ruin an apology by passing the blame. Number four, the word but negates an apology. A true apology only focuses on our behavior without making excuses. Remember how he said, I'm sorry, but you're overreacting, completely screws up his apology, of course. Harriet Lerner has written this book, Why Won't You Apologize? It's the same title as my blog. And she reminds us in this book to keep the words but and if out of our apologies. Here's another example. I am sorry if I offended you. That's a non-apology. An if statement like that questions whether the other person's feelings are valid. Now, there is clearly an art to apologizing, but there's also an art to receiving an apology. In accepting an apology, there's also no place for a but or a lecture. Sarah needs to receive Adam's heartfelt apology just with grace and openness. She, the best thing would be for her to just simply say thank you for, for him apologizing and then save any further discussion for another time. For example, uh, whether Adam is having issues remembering things or is being forgetful lately or anything like that. An apology needs to be received just with a thank you. And as parents, grandparents and educators, we want to raise children who are ready to say sorry. And we have to keep in mind that saying less is more. I don't know if you've ever had the feeling that your words were being tuned out by your child. And that's usually a sign that we're talking too much. We're lecturing. So if a child apologizes... We need to accept the apology with a simple thank you instead of following with it with a whole lecture. We can give them credit for being mature and responsible enough to offer a true apology. So we could say thank you and I'm proud of you for apologizing. But making statements about the child's character instead of their behavior and lecturing them only causes further shame and it doesn't mean they're having a positive experience. An apology can really transform a relationship or a conflict. A true heartfelt apology is not just a gift to the person we're apologizing to, but, and that's the beauty of this, it's also a gift to ourselves because it raises our self-worth each time we do this because we're able to take responsibility and we're able to act in integrity and that feels very good. So as parents, grandparents or teachers, we just need to remember to make apologizing an experience of personal growth and an experience of increased self-esteem so that more and more people find it easier to take responsibility from a place of self-love and not self-hate. So if you're enjoying my articles, you can subscribe to receive an email notification whenever I post a new blog that happens two to four times a month. All you need to do is enter your email address in the field on the left hand side of the bar here on my website. And I hope you enjoyed my reflections on apologizing. Thank you for listening today. Until next time.